talking comics and everything comic related on Just Drawn That Way with Dustin B. Now let the invasion begin. All right, welcome back for another show, guys. It is me, the infamous Dustin B, bringing you comic reviews, news, and anything interesting over the last week that Marvel, DC, or any of the other uh, major producers have done or haven't done or just really, really messed up on. So this week we've got a little bit of... We'll do a quick uh, summation of reviews. First up is we have lost a uh, publisher. Mike Mignola is no longer doing Hellboy. That is interesting. Um, he has chosen to instead go paint, go to painting. And, oh, hey, you know what? We'll see how that plays out. So this week I have got a special guest in, this, in the studio. Jason, feel free to introduce yourself and tell us what you're about. Uh, hi, Dustin. Uh, I am a sessional instructor at the University of Regina, and uh, I guess I'm on here because I teach a comics course. Excellent. So, uh, first thing we do with any special guests we bring in is the top five comics you think are interesting this week. Um, well, uh, in general, the, this week or right now? Yeah, either or. Take your pick. Uh, well, I'm a little bit behind. Uh, one of the comics that I read recently that I, that I caught up to speed on, uh, up to the first 18 issues anyway, Saga, Brian K. Vaughn, everybody's been talking about that for a while. Uh, and, uh, and it's something that I've really enjoyed reading. I think the hype is, uh, the hype is spot on. Uh, a very good comic. Uh, I also read it just directly following up on Pride of Baghdad. And so that kind of, uh, I'm reading it through the lens of the Iraq War. Uh, and I think that it's it's just a really smart comic, a really good comic uh, that that really kind of takes on, you know, <sighs> what it is to live through war and not necessarily be on one side or the other of it. Um, and so, uh, a really good comic there. Uh, and and recently, something from Calgary, uh, Jason Eagle Speakers, uh, Uneducation. Um, and, and this is a book about residential school. Um, and this is a really, I mean, following up on the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, this is something that I think that people should be bringing into the classroom in university and high school, especially in classrooms that are predominantly non-Indigenous. Um, there's, uh, and I think that it's written very much for non-Indigenous people. Uh, it's, you know, you have within the comics somebody that lifts up their hand in the audience, a white person who says, uh, you know, why do we have to care about this stuff? This is ancient history history uh, and of course we learn about in the the effects of intergenerational trauma uh, and uh, and what it is to be an indigenous person living today um, through that uh, through that history very good cool and yeah comics that are comics are always a great way of starting conversations that you know what people should still have yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that we uh, we take a lot away from comics. I think that they're uh, uh, fundamentally one of the hot spots in popular culture where we're learning about the world that we live in. Um, and so, uh, so uneducation a really a really good one uh, in terms of what's out today. Very cool. Any other comics that have uh, hit your radar lately? Uh, Bitch Planet. Uh, oh, I'm I'm seeing a reaction here. You're 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 liking Bitch Planet. No, oh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm not allowed to say that particular, so, blank planet, uh, that, uh, Pseudoconic, 
uh, put out by Image Comics, something that's fit for the university, perhaps not the radio. Uh, that uh, you know, it's it's a it's a riff off of the uh, exploitation women in prison genre, uh, and uh, and it's a really interesting redoing of that genre in much the same way as Orange is the, is the New Black does it on television, ah. uh, where. And Orange is the New Black and Blank Planet go in different directions with this. Uh, Orange is the New Black kind of puts the real into prison. It takes on a lot of contemporary issues that are going on in women's prisons. Uh, whereas Blank Planet, uh, it, it kind of, it's, it's prison as metaphor and it's taking on some of the uh, interesting issues uh, facing uh, women in contemporary society from a dystopian perspective. And I actually brought this along with me if I can uh, read the the of this. It's got a subcultural following. Wow. Um, so there's people that are uh, signing up as being non-compliance, tattooing themselves as being non-compliant. Uh, and this is the back here. Are you non-compliant? Do you fit in your box? Are you too fat, too thin, too loud, too shy, too religious, too secular, too prudish, too sexual, too queer, too black, too brown, too whatever it is um, they'll judge you for today? You just may belong on Planet. <laughs> the planet that shall not be named on the, the planet radio. that shall not be named again. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, a really, really interesting series that's coming out. Um, that's that's riffing off of the the exploitation genre, bringing it into an empowering direction. So I think that's an interesting comic that's got quite a following that I'm that I'm following right now too. Very cool. And for any of you who did hear about Saiga there, there is going to be a review coming up on that as well. Uh, I'll admit that I'm definitely taking my time when it comes to writing that one. Just There's a lot of meat to get into, and I want to make sure I'm doing it justice in my 30 minutes. Yeah, there's definitely lots going on there. So, I'm, I mean, I won't cut into it, but it's, uh, oh, my God. I mean, even the, the, only, the only thing that I'll mention is the best kind of new invention for relaying the unconscious to the reader via Prince Robot the Fourth. this guy who has a TV head. So you can see the disjuncture between the unconscious and what he's actually saying and doing there. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from his experiences in war, everything. I mean, it's, it's a really, really interesting deep comic. Very cool. Well, uh, that uh, will wrap up the first five for uh, the intro. So we're going to throw a little bit of tunes on. We're going to start this off with Sentient, featuring Haley Stewart by Perturbator. It's uh, from the album Uncanny Valley. Uh, and just for any of you who are uh, tuning in, you can head to our Twitter feed at Just Drawn Radio to see any images, Fan Art Friday, Soundtrack Saturday, um, and things like that nature. So see you after the tunes.
And we are back. In case any of you are just tuning in, you're listening to Just Drawn That Way on 91.3 FM CJTR. It is me, Dustin B., bringing you the comic news. And uh, so today we are talking with Jason, who is a sessional prof at the University of Regina and teaches probably one of the most coolest classes there. And yes, that may be a little bit of personal bias, but hey, what can I say? It's my show. All right, so what's it like teaching comics at the university? Uh, it's been great. Uh, it's one of those things that, uh, as you say, it's it's a course that you know students think about it and they think you know seeing the title, this is this is going to be an interesting course. I like comics, um, and so I got a lot of enthusiastic students, um, people who are very into uh, the topic from the first day. Um, uh, you know, the, the, there's also the uninitiated who want to learn a little bit more about what the hype is. Um, why is it so popular? Why do we see thousands of people going to these comic cons dressed up um, and and I kind of want an in-route into this in a safe spot in a, in a university classroom. Uh, a lot of education students um, interest me because people think that, com- and, and rightly so, that comics are a really good medium um, for talking about all kinds of topics in our contemporary world. And so um, education students are, are interested in kind of finding out what's out there and what they might bring into the classroom and how they might talk about comics in the classroom. So it's been a blast. Funky. So how many semesters have you uh, taught this so far? Uh, I've, I've taught it three times over. Uh, it's always an interesting mix of students, uh, which is great. Uh, every single iteration of the course, uh, irrespective of what comics I'm teaching, uh, very different discussions, very frank discussions uh, in the classroom. Uh, that diversity that comes out, you really see the different years, how much that enhances the experience of talking about comics. And not only from uh, different disciplinary backgrounds, but different different cultural and ethnic backgrounds, talking about diversity in comics and so on, um, to really have open discussions about these topics um, just really speaks volumes about how productive um, discussions around comics can be about issues that are important in contemporary society. Sweet. So, out of all the books you've talked about in the classroom, which one has been the most interesting? Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll talk around it, maybe. Uh, I'm... <laughs> uh, I, I think it's been interesting talking about some of the most enthusiasm I think comes when I'm talking about superhero comics. Uh, and, uh, and I see your arms go up in the air. Uh, you're definitely somebody who very much likes superhero comics. And I, and I do too. I think they're a fantastic vehicle for talking about a lot of things. Uh, a lot of the different issues that, uh, that we think about in contemporary society. There's, you know, just the structure of superhero comics are set up so that we can think about some of the big questions, uh, the big moral questions, uh, historical questions, political questions, um, that surround, uh, uh, the nation state, the corporation, uh, the individual in society. So I think that superhero comics are a fantastic vehicle for talking about those larger questions and for talking about something that people are into, uh, just in, into reading in their everyday lives, right? So talking about these on a different level. Um, so I've really liked talking about Watchmen, uh, Dark Knight Returns and Ms. Marvel are, are the three, uh, the three superhero comics that I bring into the classroom. Uh, and, uh, and we've had really i like superhero comics that really kind of bring out the structure uh, of the superhero comic that kind of break that down and shove it in your face so you can think about what's happening within the tradition and that also fill that in with a lot of kind of interesting uh, political stuff that we can then talk about so those two levels can be discussed with some of those books excellent yeah i definitely uh, miss marvel was one of my favorites from the class and it 
it was even actually the first show that I uh, ran on just on that way too. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I think there's a lot to talk about with it with that particular comic. I think that it's doing a lot of what uh, comic book readers have been asking for and demanding for a long time. Uh, what a lot of, I mean, what Marvel and DC have in many ways resisted and sometimes trampled over, especially in the case of DC, um, and with with uh, new. Uh, editors in place, new uh, artists in place, new writers in place. I think they've been doing some really good work, and Ms. Marvel is a fantastic example of what can be done when you actually listen to an audience and bring some diversity into that into that world. Yeah, the writing on Ms. Marvel has been phenomenal, even just the interactions, and even how Ms. Marvel's own reaction to other heroes in the Marvel Universe is just definitely kind of gives the reader a, a way that sh- they can actually almost feel like they're beside her, because, hey, now she, you get to read about the heroes, and now she gets to meet hers. Yeah, right. I mean, she she starts out as a, as a, as a fan person. Uh, she's a reader of comic books, and then all of a sudden she becomes a hero, and she she undergoes that transformation. And it necessarily is a transformation, both of her and of the character that she begins to inhabit, from blonde bombshell to uh, Muslim, uh, Pakistani American uh, teenager. I mean, this is this is a a very interesting pull on the Ms. Marvel mold. Um, and she pulls on the other uh, the uh, the other heroes that she encounters along the way as well, and 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 helps us to rethink who they are um, and who they could be as well. So, doing important work there, G. Willow Wilson. Definitely. So, any particular comics you'd like to bring into your class for the next semesters? Um. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because when I think about what, uh, like I said, the the work that's being done on the the structure of of that tradition, uh, I always toy with moving Watchmen uh, or Dark Knight Returns over and making room for uh, some of Mark Millar's work uh, in that vein. Uh, his uh, his books uh, or his work on the Authority uh, was was really good alongside Watchmen. Um, this is a group of superheroes that, like Watchmen, they, they kind of fit the archetypes of Superman and Batman. Uh, but then they kind of like, they don't like the red tape, but they want to intervene in world politics. And they've got the right set on their moral compass. And, and you know, there's, a, there's an allegorical reading of world superpowers going on there. Uh, and I think that Mark Millar helps us think about you know what what happens when uh you have this superpower going in and intervening going it alone thinking that they have the moral authority to rule the world uh he's done interesting work uh with superman red sun what happens if superman landed not in kansas but in the soviet union all of a sudden instead of um red white and blue uh truth justice in the american way you know he's the champion of socialism and then we think about you know the construction of america uh and and what the these superheroes do uh, when we read them and how they act on us and what they're doing um, as as these cultural icons, these national cultural icons as well. So, I mean, I consider bringing in uh, Mark Millar in that in that vein. I'd say that would definitely be a really good pick for that. So, now, anyone who is listening to this and actually is going, well, Dustin, aside from uh, hearing you babble on about uh, stuff and then the really cool professor talking about stuff, how can I find your class? Ah. Uh, I don't know the room number, but but the catalog number would be uh, it's uh, English 387 AK, uh, and it's going to be on I 
think it's Thursday evening. It's Tuesday or Thursday evening, seven to to nine forty-five, uh, and uh, and so it's uh, you know it's a nice a nice one of those three-hour classes where you get a good split between me talking uh, and students talking, um, so we can really hash out what these books are about. And this is coming from a fine arts student, and hey, come on, I actually enjoyed the heck out of this English class. So anybody who actually is interested, definitely uh, go check it out. If any of you actually did miss that information, I will throw it up on the Twitter feed at Just Drawn Radio for you as well. Um, I will also throw up a couple of little shots from each of the books that I know have been talked about, and I'll even find a little bit of Mark Millar as author- on authorities for the pic- for the Instagram feed as well. You can find those links through there. All right, that's great. So we've got eight minutes left here. Is there any other comic-related news you want to talk about? Um, well, I mean, I think that one of the interesting things to talk about when it comes to to studying comics in the university, uh, one of the interesting things that I encountered uh, and and that I do encounter when you when you teach something that's that's pop culture in the university classroom, uh, I had a student that took one of my other courses that said, I, I saw that you're teaching comics, and I was teaching a prison writing course. You know, th- this stuff that you're teaching is serious, but comics, how does the, how does the department feel about that? And it's an interesting question, right? On the one hand, it's it's a it's a natural fit in in the English department. We're we're talking about narrative. On the other hand, as you say, you're a fine arts student. There's some art going on, and and we need to think about that and the fit between the two. And so that can be a struggle for English students who think in terms of narrative. But there's also this whole history in the discipline uh, in thinking about whether or not it's appropriate to talk about pop culture in the classroom. Uh, what is the job in the discipline? And uh, you know, there's a whole history of this stretching back to the 19th century um, with people like uh, Matthew Arnold, uh, who, uh, who was uh, saying, you know, the, the job of, of, of uh, cultured people of the minority is to make sure that the, that the rabble, the masses, the majority are, are looking at and are exposed to the best that's ever been uh, written and said, right? And so the job of the discipline, therefore, uh, the, the discipline of English is enculturation, uh, make Making sure that the masses are cultured, um, and making sure that we enculture in order to avoid anarchy, um, and that actually held strong in the discipline from from the mid nineteenth century to the mid twentieth century, when people started to think, you know what? It's actually you can get a lot out of working class culture, out of popular culture. We can start to uh, we can learn the whole history of masses of people by looking at these different texts that aren't uh, written by a minority of people, uh, and we can also learn a lot from looking at popular mediums like television television and newspaper and comics uh, and radio and so on. And so that's had an impact uh, on on the discipline and starting in the 80s, you know, it started from thinking there's a lot of white men on here. How about we start looking at more women? How about we start looking at more people of, of color? Um, the, the types of arguments that are happening in comics today are ones that have been happening over the course of the last number of decades uh, in, in the university classroom. And so, uh, you know, it does, it very much does have a place in the discipline, but it's been a struggle to get there. Yeah, I definitely have to admit this that your class was a bit of a culture shock for me. I came from the fine arts department, and their illustration, comics, and things like that are uh, one of the more uh, let's just say harshly judged subjects. So it was a breath of fresh air for me. Yeah, it's interesting. There, there's still a lot of. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's been happening in, in terms of this move in the discipline, and I know the history of the English discipline uh, a lot better than the history of fine arts, but. 
Uh, you know, even though these these changes started to happen in the in the fifties, uh, they really started to affect the departments uh, kind of a, across North America in the eighties, and it's still a struggle today um, to actually. There's still a lot of arguments that happen between old school uh, and newer school people about what's appropriate to have on a syllabus or on or in a course calendar. And even comics themselves are showing that they are evolving. Look at the titles like Rat Queens, Miss Marvel, things like that. There are definitely a lot more diverse comics coming out in the last, I think, say, five years and probably the last 15. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I think that that's another interesting thing and another imp- reason why it's so important to actually talk about comics uh, in the classroom uh, or amongst amongst yourselves uh, with your listeners on the radio. I think that that evolution reflects an evolution in the culture outside of comic books. And, and it's a good way of actually kind of holding up a mirror to popular culture is, is a mirror to society, right? And I think that the demands that are placed on it uh, and also the ways that it makes us think are things that are important to think about in systematic ways. Excellent. And, well, we are running at uh, four minutes left for the show. Is there any last comments you want our tellers tellers? tell our listeners to listen to and please don't mention the planet again <laughs> uh, well I think a, a, another one if I can throw out another uh, another two uh, one in the vein of uh, of the Mark Millar books that I put out there uh, Alex Ross and Kurt Busiak Marvels uh, fantastic book Ooh. for looking at the history of Marvel from the 40s to about the mid 70s uh and really interesting read in the sense that you you both get this i mean it's got at the back of the collected edition you have all the references from page one through to the, to the end of the book and, and it's explicit references to panels uh in marvel's comic book history so they worked through the archives to draw this book but also it shows how closely um marvel was looking at and working through contemporary history from uh the idea of intervening in World War II, um, the United States was isolationist, um, and and Captain uh, America saying, you know, we've got to go and uh, and and punch Hitler across the jaw. Uh, that was that was radical. That wasn't what America did. They were they were isolationists, non-interventionists. Through uh, you know nuclear anxieties and uh, uh, with the Cold War, civ- the civil rights movement, uh, right up to Nixon and Watergate. Uh, you know, it's, it's a really interesting history. Uh, and then the other one, Understanding the Crash by Seth DeBachman. Uh, and I used to teach that in my English 100 class. And the interesting thing about that one is, uh, I have an uncle. Uh, who worked for the Auditor General, uh, CMHC, Can- uh, Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation. Uh, and uh, this is a book that is about uh, understanding the crash by Seth Bachman uh, about the subprime mortgage crisis. Read the book. You learn about uh, adjustable rate mortgages, uh, about mortgage-backed securities, uh, CMOs, CBOs. I forget what those stand for now, but I was able to hold a sophisticated conversation with my uncle uh, about the subprime mortgage crisis uh, to hold my own, and I think any of my English 100 students would have been able to. And it's brilliant that this came out of a comic. Uh, and, you know, I watched documentaries, read magazine articles, newspaper articles, comic does it best um so the the power of comics right there hey who knew comics can help you be better at banking guys <laughs> so with that that ends another round of just drawn that way i would like to thank jason once again for coming on the show and welcome to come back at any other time coming up next we got the queen city improv bureau nerdcore cabaret and 
for next week, we are going to be talking about Rat Queens and Harley Quinn's Little Black Book. Uh, that's what can I say? She's DC's answer to Deadpool, guys. And for anyone else uh, just tuning in, at Just Drawn Radio is the Twitter handle for Fan Art Friday, where I'll throw up five random awesome images I find. Any artists listening in tonight, feel free to send me a message on there, and I can post your work as well. Then, following up on Soundtrack Saturday, we'll throw five songs together that uh, take on a theme, a hero, anything I can honestly think of that I can host on Spotify. And for anyone who's interested in the song tonight, I will also be throwing that up on the Spotify link. It'll be posted sometime this evening on Twitter as well. So, again, I would like to thank you for coming on the show, Jason. All right. Thanks very much, Dustin. And uh, with that, the Infinity Watch is now back in effect. Up next, Queen City Improv Bureau, guys. Have a great night.